Our Idle Hands, Folklore, Fiber Arts, and Witchcraft, hosted by Severely Maine. This week on Our Idle Hands, I am very excited to have a longtime internet friend, a drag inspiration, someone who I have been like watching everything that they do for years and I'm very obsessed with them. Uh, I recently had their fiance, Hogan McLaughlin, on the podcast to talk about an event that was upcoming but has now happened. Uh, so this week we have got Bill Krasafi here to talk about themselves, their work, and their recent event at the Peabody Essex Museum. Bill Krasafi is an artist who lives and works in Chicago, Illinois. His body of work is heavily influenced by the occult, drag, fashion, and the nostalgia he has for the dark history of his home state of Massachusetts. He communicates his ideas through illustration, sculpture, and photography, which explore themes of magic, folklore, merged together with a touch of camp and humor. His photographic work developed from his passion for costume construction and allows him to bring to life the world that he creates through illustrations. Well, hello, Bill. Hello, Mame. <laughs> I I wish everyone could have seen that there was a sip of martini just like right before <laughs> that I did not warn you that I was going to start recording or anything. I just like hit it and then introduced you mid-sip. But it was the it was glamour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> someone someone here that. has got to have the glamour. One uh, of and us. I, both of us. Both of us. Let's be honest. Yes, I put on lipstick absolutely. today. So I love it. I like had. I was like, oh no, I had makeup on for Hogan, the only person I put on makeup for an interview. <laughs> and I, I realized it. I didn't put any on like five minutes before I started this. I was like, let me just put on lipstick. And I put on only <laughs> lipstick and I was like, okay, let me put on eyebrows too. And then I'm looking at myself in the camera now and they're so thin and my lighting's so bad, making my camera not good that you can't see that I even put them on. Oh no, I can see them and I like them. Okay. I mean, I'm in a, I'm just wearing a shirt and underwear, but with a martini. So <laughs> I had to, that's my element of glamour is the martini. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's your look is very um, like... Cape Cod art teacher right now. <gasps> Thank you. That's exactly what I was hoping. Yes. Wealthy art teacher. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, uh, my best friend in New York, uh, her mom, Olive, isn't an art, like, Olive. Her mother is not named Olive. Olive's mother. Um, she's an artist. Kalamata. And... <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> her mother's an artist and always dresses like art teach like rich art teacher mom and i'm like that's really love, such a vibe i love that like it, it, it's like adjacent to um museum lady which is a little bit different but it there is a crossover where mm -hmm. it's like uh rich art woman also can be rich museum lady that is like the museum lady to me is like a black turtleneck and a big statement necklace and a bob you know? yes lots of like bangles or rings can also yes. be interchanged Totally. And like an earring. There has to be like some sort of crazy, I don't know. And like glasses, always a glass, like a thick glasses. Yeah. Or they're like, yeah. I feel like I know a lot of museum ladies that are like small circles. Like they love yes. a circular glass, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm, so do totally. I. Yes, same. 
as a future museum lady. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. You it have to probably be educated. I would not be welcome in that circle. <laughs> we can dress the part, though, can't we? I think exactly. we can. That's, you know, costumes mm. are the most important thing to me, mm -hmm. I feel like. Same. I was thinking about, this isn't a question I put in our, like, kind of brief, but I was thinking about it today. I was like, oh, I feel like I have a feeling that Bill and I probably grew up very similar in, like, who we were as children. Uh, both of us being from Massachusetts. And I was like, oh, Bill had to be a Halloween kid. Like, the, undeniably, I feel like Bill had to be a Halloween kid. Yes. Were you, yes, you were, like, fully... How deep do you want me to get into it? Oh, please <laughs> dig in because it's... Okay. If anybody's been following me on Instagram for a long time, I've posted multiple photos of me as, like, a little boy dressed up as a witch, like, over and over. I love... It was my favorite thing in the world. Still Same. <laughs> Yes, same. And I like that was my costume also for like many years. Um, there there were some like different it kind of went through different phases. Like one year, my brother was, you know, the the really pale face vampire with blood coming out of his mouth. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take that face and apply it to my witch. So I'll be like, white face witch with blood coming out of my mouth with the witch hat. <laughs> or like, it just went through different whatever, you know, over the years. But yes, it was always, it was like such an obsession. I mean, still is, but I would play by myself in the woods wearing a cloak. Or there was one time where I had my dad tie a broomstick to a tree so I could fly a broom. Um, I was just, or I brought, I also brought a mop to preschool so I could, uh, take it on the swing set with me and fly on the swing set to be a witch. It was just obsessed. Still am, obviously. <laughs> but what I do have to say is that Halloween season has changed so much for me over the years. Where like now it's like my busiest season and I joke around with everyone back in Massachusetts being like, why the hell <laughs> did we like make careers out of like our favorite time of year? Because then we can't enjoy it. <laughs> so everything uh, everything you just said resonated so resonate, deeply yeah. <laughs> i had like a broom that i always flew on the swing set with always yes that oh was God. like the like what I did it look like it was that classic like bamboo handled stick like the ones that you'd get at mm -hmm. halloween time like i feel like yes. i got a new one every year and i Love just it. had and then i had like a classic you know broom that lived in the garage that looked, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a witch broom, um, but more just like a house broom. Totally. And Mine was like a really specific one uh, that I brought to preschool that was like, it was a very 90s mop. It had like a royal blue handle and then the mop head was flat, but with the, um, with like the mop fringe underneath, but the mop fringe was bright yellow. And I, I don't know why we, like that was the mop that we had, but I was like, this is like Sarah Sanderson would walk in the closet and this is the mop that's available <laughs> and that's what she's gonna fly. And so that's what I'm gonna fly on. <laughs> was that's exactly thinking. the perfect mindset there. But yeah, yes. I, I had cloaks and capes that I played into. I I had a feeling we were cut from the, the same cloth oh. there. If we knew each other, then we would have conquered the world. Truly. It's <laughs> it's really true. And the, I feel like I've complained about this a million times and had to explain to people that I became, I was always a Halloween person and now I am a Christmas person. And what has mm -hmm. changed that is working in nightlife 
for the Halloween season in New York for so many years mm -hmm. is probably a less intense version of what you do actually because I just need to like get in a costume and go to something every day for the entire month of October is usually what happens. Still, it's still taxing. But yeah, I it made it so I'm like, oh my God, I get no rest. I don't get to do anything fun. I don't get to do any of the like Halloween stuff that I love. And now that I live in Phoenix, it's different. I don't do drag anymore. I just dress, you know, up every day. I have my Halloween wardrobe and I love it. But like that time in New York shifted me to be like, oh my gosh, I just love Christmas time because I get to decorate. I get to have outfits. There's music that goes with it. There's movies that go with it. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff that Halloween also kind of has and more, but I didn't have the stress of like being booked constantly during the Christmas season. For sure. So I still love Halloween very deeply, but uh, it's the allure of it in practice got a little ruined by mm -hmm. working in nightlife for so long. But I will like not miss a Halloween season and like do it lightly, like not anymore. Right. Can I ask what is uh, Halloween or like the fall like in Arizona? The same as summer. It is 100 degrees oh, really until the week of Halloween. <gasps> Which does bode well for slutty costumes. Like, if you well, want I was going a to slutty say, costume. My, I'm, I'm going to try to produce the witch hat bikini that I drew on that frog. So that would be perfect. Oh my god, yes. Just like a small run, it, but have it look like a, you know, like have the ad look like a traditional Halloween costume. Kind of like cheesy ad. I don't know. Oh we'll see. Yes, if that, people want them. You know that people do. It's what everyone <laughs> wants to look like. I love that so much. And you... Okay, so let's just start here. This, you know, cross-section of witchcraft, fiber arts. Do you consider yourself a witch? It's kind of the first yeah. question I, I ask people who are maybe For not sure. um, thought of as, like, witch first, you know, in their... Mm -hmm online presence totally i mean I, I yes i do i feel like it's been such a huge part of my um my life from the minute i was you know i i, I knew what it was knew what a witch was whether that be like the pop culture witch or a you know a practicing witch um i would say like my my relationship with like practicing witchcraft is probably is something that I just make up as I go, which I know is also fine. <laughs> so it's just like kind of um, whatever. Um, but yeah, I I mean it's been it's been such a huge part of me and like my work. And even now, I remember I was talking to someone else recently where people ask like why frogs or why toads because I've like kind of like. Um, in my work have like gotten into just drawing those creatures and i'm like well it all stems back to like the idea of like you know a familiar or something so like i don't know it just is all interconnected even if it changes a lot over time so yeah the answer is yes man uh, thank god <laughs> i had a feeling <laughs> I, you know wouldn't it be so funny if you're like oh no i am devoutly devoutly christian Orla. I'm offended by the question. Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> You're like, I'm just here to make money off of the witches. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Right. I I that just would be crazy. <laughs> I just got speaking of toads, it has not come yet, but for my birthday, Keenan just bought me this toad purse. Is it the black toad purse? 
No, the black ones sold out, and I messaged okay. the seller being like, is the black toad going to be available soon? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I'm just about to do the Kickstarter for like a few different styles of toad. So I got the natural Ooh. colorway of the toad. Still currently. cute. Yeah. Are you not... pulling it up? Yes. I'm finding it to double check that I can get the name right because a oh, Windy Willow to... is the one is like the company that makes it. And okay. this, oh, it's like. Oh no, I can see it. Cute. So I, love, it's, I have I have a toad like that, and it's. I mean, I am a toad like that. <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. and it's you know like a good size little like handbag yeah. of a purse, and it's like literally because I'm like, oh, this is such classic familiar look. I need toad to carry all. around a toad bag. You absolutely do. So there will um, be. A what black do you think about? What do you think about? Um, like. A, a snail shell purse because I'm trying to produce those. Would you carry around a snail yes. shell? I know it's not it's not the same as a toad because a toad is such a classic familiar, but um, that's that's one thing that's like in my pipeline of like trying. It's to everything I want in the world. Please okay. figure it out. Good. Yes. Well, you'll be getting one then. <laughs> oh, thank God! It's I'm I was never into huge statement purses. Like I carried around mm-hmm. like beautiful like lucite bags from the fifties and like. Things like that. And I never got Mm. into like big purses. But right now there's the toad one and then not witch related, but you've probably seen it. And if not, you need to look it up. Uh, It hasn't, it's not for sale yet, but they showed Uh the production copy of the um, Bram Stoker Dracula hood or helmet made into a purse. Is um, Micheline making this? Yes. Okay. It's yes. Yes. I have. For the La Femme collection that's coming out this fall for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Gorge. And I need it. I need it. Absolutely. You definitely need it. This is my that's, figural purse. Era, it's a hot bag. Yeah. It's. Um, I think also I'd, I'd just like to switch the word from purse back to pocketbook because that's what my mom said. We're Massachusetts and I feel yes. like that's a term that we need to bring back. It's a pocketbook. Thank you. I actually, <laughs> it's so funny because that must be a very specifically East Coast thing or like maybe New England because I, uh, there's the one line in Female Trouble that's, uh, I've got a person or I've got a knife in my pocketbook and I'm going to cut you after class. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's like the and only other true. time. true. It, uh-huh. it always. Oh my God. We went to Disney not long ago in Keenan. We, we get to like downtown Disney the night before just for dinner. And then I had this feeling. I was like, Keenan, did you bring your knife? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing And they're like, you <laughs> didn't tell me that we were like going through, because we weren't going into the park that night. We were oh. just going to like dinner on Disney property. And they're like, you didn't mm-hmm. tell me. And I was like, yeah, that's, I, that was oh, all of no. us dropped the ball. But they did have. <laughs> They did have a knife in their pocketbook and they stuck it in a planter and we were going to go back for it later. Fully forgot. Fully forgot. Oh no. Goofy took it, I bet. Oh my God. I I hope so. I hope Goofy like took it and like held somebody up at knife point in the parking lot. Probably did. Send a row. Send a row. No, I don't know. (laughs) I'm obsessed. That's so crazy. But yeah, pocketbook. Everybody Mm -hmm. switch your terminology. Join us in the pocketbook revolution. 
Honestly, I got made. I, I didn't. When I went to school in New York, I like. I, I never really thought I, I, I had an accent or anything, or like said any words in a in a crazy way. And I remember that was one of the things someone was like, "Are you are you serious?" <laughs> it was like pocketbook, rum, and cherry is like the way I pr like pronounce those things, and I got made fun of for a long time. But now I know. But that's. I feel so like otherwise we don't really have the Massachusetts. I get a Massachusetts accent when I'm drunk, but like not, you know, it just comes out it's or when pretty, I'm around my, my friends. Yes. Like you're from the North shore area. So there is a, there's more of a sound and it's not Boston. Oh, totally. Like Boston and North shore have completely different dialects to them. Mm -hmm. Like there's maybe, you know, connectors, but they're different. And it's funny because I had you know, we've met in person before, but, you know, not a extensive amount. And I was listening mm -hmm. to the Witch Wave episode that you guys were on a mm -hmm. while ago. Uh, and listening to the two of your voices, like, oh, my gosh, it's so funny what subtle but distinct accents both of them have from very different <laughs> parts of the country. Uh -huh. and, it, and it was like, I don't know why, but I like didn't expect Hogan to have as much of like a very uh firm accent like it was like i could pick it up in that witch wave interview yeah okay interesting i haven't that. like I, I can't really i can't hear it myself but being in the midwest now i'm like i'm doing my best to not adopt any any of the midwestern accent the other night actually we were out and i was looking at uh scallops on the menu but they all say scallops and i caught myself saying scallops and i was like scallops scallops <laughs> like i will not allow myself <laughs> To like get that little twang i don't know but um there are there i mean i i hear it with other people but with him i, I maybe i'm just so used to it that i don't hear it anymore it's subtle compared to most people from oh totally yeah that area so i understand not mm -hmm. hearing it uh yeah. but it was like a fun little like oh how they have like <laughs> such comically different uh accents uh -huh. but they're both very subtle like subtly laid on top of like mm. it, it was just uh a fun little thrill totally i mean have you did i have you seen that video of my parents driving me to the airport i posted it on instagram or tiktok uh, my parents have like the craziest new england accents and it got like i didn't expect this to happen but it got like on um radio shows in boston because it was such a funny video my mom and dad are fighting the whole way there <laughs> and i'm so hung over in the back seat and just being and like filming it and like egging it on in a way like in a very um like monotone way and <laughs> it is so insane but i have to I'll, I'll send it to you my mom's specifically my mom's voice is just like incredible she's like linda belcher of uh, of the north shore oh i cannot wait mm -hmm. to hear this because that is yes Seems like a woman after my own heart there, like... Mm -hmm. Say it. Yes, she's everything. There's nothing better than a strong Massachusetts woman. That's right. <laughs> um, so you're best known for your art. You have a very distinct, like, illustrative, sculptural, and drag style and point of view. What are some of your favorite, like, places that you gather inspiration for your work? Um... I would say like a lot of recently, like a lot of film specifically, like if I'm thinking in terms of drag, which I haven't, I, I'm, I'm still exploring like lightly with 
but um with our the museum exhibition that hogan and i just did there was this um specific film uh, a fellini film the satiricon have you seen it's um i think that the hair like the hair in that was like driving me crazy it's so good it's like really tall like ancient roman hair with like lots of curls and things like that so i but then i've also been drawing that a lot because i'm obsessed with it um so a lot of film i would say and then um i still again with like the idea of the witch um harken back to that with a lot of what i do but then when i'm drawing like kind of funny toads or dogs or even my myth philip um character which is a play off of uh black philip from the witch is it's like the idea of taking something and yassifying it or like creating this like kind of diva character which is like kind of it, that that is like total personal like a like a projection of myself like where okay i need to be or i want to be this like how do i how do i like exude this energy into the world and it's through like drawing this character and like reminding myself that i am this or like that i can create this through that you know does that make sense Yes, it fully does. Sorry, I just struggled to it, that pause was not me thinking oh, about the answer. I had like had to hit the unmute button. So it, and I was like, not you muted me. No, I muted myself. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love I the idea of you on. muting me and then being like, yes, great. Go on. <laughs> it's just like it, it's just uh, the sound of me listening is what the no, podcast no. actually is. No, it's totally fine. I get it. Mute me again. <laughs> Uh, and I nodded and I'm sorry, I would like, I would just like you to know I'm not that cool. I have not seen that Fellini film, but I sp did look it up the other day because I was reading the caption on the oh, yeah, yeah. photo of one of your pieces from the recent event. It was the flame. The flame yes. had the hair. Um, but I, I can't say that I saw it a long time ago and I've been obsessing over it. Uh, it. I saw images of it for a long time and then finally bought it and then watched it maybe six months ago. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, it's like one of those looks and, and it's been recreated in um, runway shows and things like that or photo shoots. So I, it's been around, but it's just, um, it was something that like, like that's what I want to look like. And so to be able to like at least put it into the world into some form on these on the mannequins for firstly was like okay it's here for now and then like maybe i can make myself a wig soon <laughs> and was, wear the wig myself <laughs> did you you did the hair on the flame i did yeah wow as someone who literally professionally did wigs for years it looks fantastic I was like That's really zooming nice in on those photos. Well, it's not fantastic up close, but I appreciate you. Oh. that. No, no, it's just I, I didn't know how to do it. So I just kind of figured it out as I went. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if I like try, you know, like trial and error did more of it, um, it would be better. It was what we were just saying earlier. Uh, like, <laughs> well, we don't know how to do it, but we can figure it out. And yeah, we will just try As it. As queer people, we we will try it and we will do it. And that's it. And it will come out good probably because we know what the fuck we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you did that. <laughs> you did the damn well, thing. thank you. Thank you. And if you ever need wig, uh, wigs, wig styling tips or answers to questions, if I know them, you can always oh, ask Oh, I should have. I will ask you for the next round because that wig specifically, everything I make for the 
museum things that we do have to fit these mannequin heads and mannequin heads are um, not the same size as our heads. So um, I created like a hard wig cap for the mannequin head. And so the wig won't fit me anyway. So I have to make a new one for me. Okay. Yeah. And then round two, that's the tough part when it will come to making it for yourself. Is that like, it's got to like stay on and you can't just like, exactly like, you know, glue it on, which is, you know, right, I, right. I wish I fucking wish uh-huh. I I'm, you know, I've made wigs for years for myself and, and you have great hair. Thank you. I'm so gorgeous. I'm in the middle of a transition from red to like, I had that orange hair for so long. I'm going white now, but I'm in that middle, like natural blonde stage where like I, the thought of having natural colored hair makes me want to die. But, but then literally everyone all day at work since I changed it everyone is just like oh my gosh this hair just looks so great on you this color is so nice and I'm like oh it's natural it's a natural I, color why I hear what you're saying but it's a gorgeous natural like it's and it, from what I see it's giving like a very ashy beautiful old Hollywood and that's it's it's but it's not that's not an everyday color that's a gore it's a gorgeous tone and what you just did there you showed me you showed me right. Yes, it is glistening, bitch. So. I, you know, I'm living with it for you know, a while, a little while. Like I, we started the process like probably a month ago now. Mm-hmm. And I'm treating my hair nicely for a while. So then we can get it even lighter. And then I will have like beautiful, pure white Jean Harlow hair. Which I love and the upkeep is just crazy. So, (laughs) but like, I know that you, I mean, I know that you know that, but it's like, it it is gorgeous. And I know you're going to like, just wear the hell out of it. It's going to look so good. I can't, I haven't, I haven't been a blonde in years. So, you know, I thought it was time uh, Mm -hmm. to like, see if I, I, I don't want to be too old for it when I do it, when I do go blonde again, you know, I think I'm Mm -hmm. in a perfect, perfect age to go Harlow blonde made my life a little, I've lasted a little bit longer than her. So it's not like a dooming myself (laughs) kind of thing. Like, yes, yes. you know, at 27, I want to become her and then die. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm I'm in my thirties. I'm reasonable and I'm doing it right. (laughs) I love I'm reasonable. I'm reasonable. I'll go blonde. Exactly. For the first time in my life, I've said something I'm reasonable. I'm I'm gonna torch my hair. It's the best thing to do, guys. Do it. And I'm doing I'm yeah, I will be pristine white blonde for the wedding. That's the plan because the orange hair I realized limited my color palettes in what I could wear for wedding things. And I wanted to just have like an even like blank slate of like beautiful white hair for like whatever I want to like pile whatever like just pile Mm. on like so much shit like all the wedding stuff I can put on at once I love it I love veils do it all yeah it's gonna be so gorgeous I can't wait to see it it's gonna be you know I'm gonna go broke and it's gonna be the best time I've ever had going broke that's that's how you have to do it 
exactly and you know you're you are uh to be wed one of these days i i know yes i i we keep like we keep switching venues and i think we've kind of we're narrowing it down to this maybe this place in upstate new york that is insane looking it looks like a an italian villa which i hope it works out but we'll see so it will i i get yeah, we're not in a rush, but it's also like we should do it. We need to do it. I mean, not in a rush. Yeah, we. I mean, kind of now, but whatever. We'll figure it out. Exactly. Like that's it, you've you've got each other. There's no getting rid yeah. of like one half of this beautiful creative team and <laughs> uh, and whatnot. So like you've just got to keep up right. with that. But the getting rid yeah. part just sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> oh, you have a lot of like distinct references to like the occult world which we've kind of talked about Mm -hmm. um that you pull inspiration from and like the toad and the black philip specifically are like Mm -hmm. two that i feel like are very iconic to your illustration um style and have you tried to sculpturally interpret uh those characters yet for your like uh, more uh, museum work. Um, it, yeah. So the the toad was in the la- like the alchemical show. Mm-hmm. Um, the the sort the goat. I have so I have been shying away from doing the goat because I have like a personal kind of drag project that involves the goat, and so I haven't <laughs> I haven't wanted to do it for that because I'm like that's for me. It's not for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on this like. Have you ever seen Donkey Skin, the seven, the 1970s film? It's like a French film. No. You've probably seen um, screenshots or like a, whatever pictures of it online. I'll, I'll send you some, but I, I know you've seen um, photos of it before. And the costumes are insane and you'll love them. But um, it's, it's basically like a riff on Cinderella where, um, I mean, actually, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know whatever this princess this princess lives in a castle her dad wants to fuck her and so she has to run away from him and puts on like basically uh like a skinned donkey and it transforms her into a hag and so everyone is like spitting on her and thinks she's disgusting but then she gets to like reveal herself as the princess when she's alone and so my goat head that I'm wearing is inspired by that where it's like her wearing the this skin on her but mine turns into a wig because i'm i'm the diva (laughs) i know i I think you should have kept like true with that because you are the diva Uh, it is is so fantastic and yes you would love it it's amazing i'm really excited I'm really excited to see your iteration of this because it sounds amazing. Yeah, I was I, I was calling it the chandelier Baphomet, like because I've I've been co- I've I've been trying to like make this for well not trying to make this I've had the idea for years and a lot of my goat drawings like pre uh, colored illustrations have been with like these dangling like raindrop beads on their horns and things like that and so it's like I'm I've been like not that anyone cares or knows but like to myself i'm like i'm hinting at my my big headpiece that i'll be doing soon but like it's kind of to keep myself accountable to be like keep this idea alive so i can like really do it someday and i've started creating it and that i think a lot of my illustrations sort of come from the idea of like wanting to be that or wanting to wear it and so it's 
like I'll do the drawings multiple times to try to like keep myself accountable or kind of like keep that magic alive to like make me you know become it when I when I have the time or when I have like when I'm not procrastinating or like whatever I love that that's a that's such a good way to keep yourself kind of on task for something that's maybe not your number one priority but you know it's a desire nonetheless right but it is important it's just one of those things where it's like okay i have to like you know i have to pay bills or i have to buy groceries so like we i have to do like a certain thing for that and then it's like but there's this thing that's like it's like on my back all the time that's like i need to like you know, I, I, I just need to get this done, just even if it's for me. And that's, I think that's like all of my mask making and things like that, I don't sell. So it's, it, that's like the last form of art that is not monetized. And that's my, I love doing it so much. And I, I don't want to sell them. I just want it to be, you know, I like, I like want to manifest it. It's like, that's the sort of, I don't know. That's like what keeps me going, I guess. That's yeah, I I love that. I've for years you've got to keep some, when you're a creative person, especially in the internet age, like we have mm-hmm. to monetize the things that we love because that's kind of just how we're trained now. So to keep oh my, something absolutely. that's just for you or just for like you to do it is like so important. I feel like that's how sewing mm-hmm. has become for me like I refuse to like work in the realm of sewing because I just want to like it. I just want to enjoy it and do it as I please. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like, a, oh, got to go clock into work. Totally. Like, I just want to, you know, make pretty dresses for myself. And you should be allowed to do that. And I think that it's hard when you get like people messaging you being like, "Are you, can you sell this to me or can you make me one? And it's like, you know, obviously the idea of having money to do that is great but then it's i i've learned to keep like a like something like that sacred for myself because it's like more important for me to just have it as like i like to dress up in the woods and that's all i want to do and i don't want to i don't need to be you know i'm i'm producing these things for people mm-hmm. which is i and i'm but i'm happy that people anyone is interested that's insane and crazy and so lovely but um it's it's just something that as of right now i'm like not equipped to even entertain the idea and i think it's the same like similar with sewing like i can understand what the because i like to create even if my my costumes are not i'm sure nowhere near the construction that you do but just the idea of being able to make something for yourself and be proud of it and be able to like wear it and love it and not have the pressure of other people whatever i I don't know sorry no no that totally rambling i 100 know exactly what you're talking about i've literally had the same dms being like oh can can i buy that can you make that for Mm -hmm. me like i have um specifically i made this one blouse and it was like this chiffon blue and i had beaded a little like lit cigarette onto it and cute i got so many dms oh i did like a little matchstick on the collar too i got so many dms being like oh can you make me that and i was like oh god if only you saw 
what the back of this <laughs> oh, looked <bitch>. like. <laughs> I was like, the button. Well, but not even that. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm regardless of the buttonholes or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like construction wise, who who gives a shit? It just is the idea of it being like this is just for me. I I love. I'm so happy that you want it, but I'm sorry that I don't want to do it. I think that that's okay, right? Isn't that okay? Like, no, I just don't want to. That's that. That's exactly. I think what a lot of us need to remember to do sometimes, which is hard to do when you're like, I'm broke. And then somebody's like, oh, will you do this thing that you, you know, do for yourself and you kind of have to say yes. And I'm lucky mm. that like sewing is the one thing I've always been like, no, I'm not gonna, mm. I'm not gonna really do that for you. But I'll for like sure. that, but that's how I ended up like doing, like I had made wigs for myself. And then it was like, mm. Other people wanted wigs. And now I fucking hate, hate styling wigs so much. I, even my own wigs that I wear in like day-to-day -day life, they ha have to get so raggedy and so like, <laughs> like no curl left in them for me to finally pick up like the curlers and like fix and them. And reset them. Yeah. It, I think, it, yeah. And I get it. Like, I know money is one thing and it's it's necessary but i just think that like i and i and i'm happy that there are so many people who kind of understand this now where they're like oh no worries i totally understand that it's like your art and like your i i feel like there was a point on the internet where people were like i don't care like what like if you i had people be like can you put this on a t-shirt i'm like i don't really want to put that on a t-shirt they're like well fine i'm gonna go get it put on a t-shirt anyway and i'm like well <laughs> Okay, I guess. Like, I can't say... I mean, the image is out there, so you can take it and do that, but it was... I don't know. It's just funny. But I shouldn't be complaining. It's so... I'm so lucky to be able to, like, create art and have people even want to look at it or want it on their bodies or something, so... Like, yes um, or no? I th I think you do get... Uh, <laughs> you get to uh, be afforded the, the autonomy of what, like, kind of happens to your yeah. art to a degree, and I think that... Um... You have enough wonderful offerings of merchandise that people should really just be happy that we get it in general as an <laughs> option. Because all of the t-shirts that you have done, and like there was the plush of the toad with the witch hat bikini. And like you've really put some immaculate <laughs> offerings out into the world. And we are lucky to I'm have trying. I Thank you. I'm trying it. I would love to like figure out more it's it's such a weird thing that like i because you have to become also like you have to like talk to factories and stuff I'm like i don't know how to do like i want this thing to exist but how do i make it exist where i'm not like i'm not killing myself to create it like make it myself how who can who can i trust to do this and mm -hmm. sometimes it comes out great and sometimes it's horrible but you know i guess it's just the name of the game but it's it, it's just another layer that like business things that i just don't understand or like i don't even know i mean producing products is a is a weird thing in general but i don't know i have a whole a whole like like essay about <laughs> my thoughts on that so we don't have to get into it but you understand yeah i i think it's uh I think you've done a great job at navigating that thus far. And, um, you know, cheers to hopefully somebody will just do it all for you in the future and you can produce everything that you want to be out in the world as merchandise. That's what we all hope for. Totally. And you had mentioned before you went to FIT. So you do you mm -hmm. have a sewing background at all? 
yeah. in that realm. Yeah. I because mm -hmm. in the interview with Hogan, I had asked if they ever help with your like costumes for your drag or any, anything like that. And Hogan very, very quickly said that it is all you, that you have a, you also have a background in fashion and that you are producing all of that on your own. The one point of contention in the relationship. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I've been I've been begging Hogan to like make me something. But it, we're always doing a project, and there's always something else going on. It's not. I, I don't care. I just love to pretend <laughs> I care. Um, uh, Hogan and his team are far eons, obviously above what I do myself. And I haven't really. Mostly, what I do now is like put things together, just because I, to be honest, I'm lazy with a lot of it. Um, because if I'm making like a, a mask or a headpiece or something, I'm focusing on that, and then like the outfit will come afterwards. Um, I could do it. I I remember like basic when I do like I make all my Halloween costumes and remember basic pattern making things, so I can like whip up a bodice or you know in a skirt or, and even like i can do a sleeve because i know what a sleeve pattern is supposed to look like so i can like jerry rig it but it's not going to be perfect um so i know how to do those things but i uh don't fully remember like a lot of the technical things i probably i actually still have my slopers somewhere from college but it was one of those i, I was never really great at math but I really excelled in pattern making, which is so crazy because, um, Not fair. but no, it, but it was only because I could, I learned from one of my teachers that like, I could like fold the paper and figure out, you know, middle measurements rather than like actually figuring out measurements by like doing the math. And so I was like, Oh, I can fold paper. I can figure it out. And so I really liked pattern making for that reason which was funny because I thought I would really enjoy draping and I hated draping, but I also, my draping teacher wanted to kill me. Um, and so I was so scared of her. So I felt like I like couldn't drape anything. Um, but it was, it was fun. I ended up going into illustration specialization, I think, um, in my third year. So I didn't make any garments from there on out or not third year. I'm sorry. My second year. Cause I was only there for two, two years. Um, hmm. but I, I still enjoy it. I think it's fun and it's it's a great skill to have. I'm I'm not good with sewing, I but I can do it. Yeah, that's it. Hey, there'll just be a lot of problems. As long as you can do it, I feel like that's that's my one thing. Is like I anybody who's like, oh, I want to like get into sewing. I'm like, oh my god, please do it. I'll do anything I can to help because I want everyone to be able to sew. I think it's just the most absolutely like thrilling and fun thing to be like, oh my god, look, I made this. I made the blouse somewhere. Yeah. Right. And also gorgeous blouse. And it's like Absolutely when any stunning. anybody asks you like, oh, I, or like says like, oh, I love that blouse. Every, I work at a, um, I'm like in retail. And, you know, the people that come in are just kind of normal people. So when I'm in like a head to toe, like 30s outfit, even if I don't have any makeup on or whatever, people are like, oh my gosh, this outfit's so cool. You look so cool. And I'm just like, this is... This is nothing, but I made it. I made it. <laughs> this is nothing. Like, like I oh, I no, made. and that's it is, and that is like that. If like, there's no other feeling than that. Like, I don't know. You can't compare that to anything. It's so perfect. That's awesome. It's a really, it's a nice thing. All of say, us makers have the collar on your blouse is incredible. That's I my dream collar. I always dagger collars, always like the long pointiest collar. Mm -hmm. the, this pattern so had gorgeous. like 
three pattern options for it and one was like short and rounded i was like never never will nope. i make a short round <laughs> i'm not peter pan never again i just have to say to the listeners that you leaned into the microphone to say never <laughs> <laughs> i want to say never yeah i i felt like it was a very it was a big yeah, point uh, that i wanted yes. everyone to hear make sure mm -hmm. it was not misheard in any way never a <laughs> peter pan right. caller again i love it I'm a woman of a certain age. I just, you know, mutton dressed as lamb. Mm -hmm. I, I can't do a Peter Pan collar anymore. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. So you're, a, you're currently a Chicago girl. Uh, I am. And, you know, I, I love that for you. Can't wait <laughs> until we're all, until I'm in New England and you're in New England. Just saying, just planting those seeds that we will both have to uh, force our spouses to retire there at least. Um, and because then we'll be joined by Elena, the lace maker. Yes. Um, she's also uh, going to have to drag her spouse to live in Massachusetts. And we've always planned to have all have an all black Victorian and she'll have a hot pink Victorian next door. Oh, uh, my God. Imagine. <laughs> that would be incredible it's like but now there's like that la version of that that actually exists that there it's the oh meme yeah <laughs> uh-huh the meme of the two yeah, yeah yeah and i'm like oh they've already done that but elena and i will do it better. that's okay it doesn't matter yeah exactly <laughs> but exactly. yes you're you're a chicago girly now but mm -hmm. you're def like definitely a like face in the salem and art and witch world um <sighs> yeah what do you can you tell us about your relationship to Salem? Sure. I, was, I grew up outside of Salem. I grew up in Salisbury, but my parents are from Beverly, Mass, which is right next door to Salem, where I went um, to college. You went to did you go to um, what's it called? Montserrat. Yes, thank you. I was going to say Maserat, <laughs> like combining <laughs> Massart and Montserrat. I don't know why. But yes, I almost went there, too. Um, I dropped out but, very quickly. Did you? Okay. Um, so my, and my mom has always worked in Beverly or Salem my whole life. Actually, like before we moved to Chicago, she had been at her job in Salem for like, I don't even know how many years. So like we would have lunch together whenever because she was right down the street. But my relationship is, I've, I've just always been in love with it. It's a beautiful city. I think that like, um, Anyone listening who has not gone there and who like pines to go there during October, I'm really sorry to say that it's not my favorite time of year there. And I hate to say that because it's like what Salem thrives on is like October in Salem, but it's such like there's so much to be seen and like felt in like New England itself has this internal feeling. I don't, I, and I know that everyone from New England knows of this, but it's like it's haunting and it's gorgeous and you feel like you're like, in a on a movie set but then also just like kind of like in this other it, it's like a it's like a non-space that i can't describe in a way that like you're i don't know like november in salem is almost my favorite because it's still gloomy and it's still you know fall but no one's around um and in october the city is so crazy but my relationship to it is that I've just always been obsessed with it. Like I, I saw the, I saw Hocus Pocus when I was a kid. I saw the craft. 
I was obsessed with both of those films and made the films and made my mom bring me there any chance that I got um, to go to those shops. Crowhaven Corner was like the be all end all shop when I was a kid. And I know I've said on another podcast, my mom has like done Lori Cabot's hair before she was a hair, she's a hairdresser and she's dyed her hair before, which she's the official witch of Salem. So she got to do the blonde and the black hair. My And like, that's my like, my mom told me that story. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, that's it. That's it for me. But just the idea of it and like kind of um, anyone who goes there or has gone there knows what I'm talking about, I think, in one way or another, even if they've gone during October. But it's just a place that I, I feel kind of like, I can't say completely at home, but I feel like, you know, like I'm just comfortable and fine. And it's beautiful. It is. As well. It really is so beautiful there. And I will say, if you are insistent on seeing Salem in October, go the first week. It's That's exactly right. Go the first week of October. It's going to like look exactly the same uh, the first week mm-hmm. and the last week. But you will actually be able to see things uh, on the first week. <laughs> and it will be mm-hmm. too crowded with other people the last week. So like... My- it's yeah just as just as uh witchy and autumnal and beautiful the like last week of se- september first week of october can i give like some other professional new england advice and say that absolutely rent a car because the north i mean we're taught like i don't want to um not talk about western mass because western mass is insane gorgeous but if you're on the north shore doing salem the North Shore has so many places that feel just as magical and just as haunting as Salem does in a different, like in sort of a different way that's like less um, kind of like um, commercialized, which Salem being a commercial city is, it's great because you mm-hmm. get to walk down a street that's filled with witch shops. Why wouldn't you want that? But to just drive out like maybe 20 minutes to go to like Crane Estate or oh. well, maybe 30 minutes but crane estate or like go to gloucester and go to hammond castle or go to maudsley state park in newbury it's just like um there's so many spaces that feel and have like little like ties to kind of like haunting things i don't know new england is just the best in that way where it's like you'll get it everywhere and if you're going to do that you know if you want to do a little like haunted trip that's the way to do it don't just stay in salem there, i say go outside and check it out there's so much there is yeah like new england has so much and i agree 100 i think that like the north shore has a lot to offer um and not even spooky related but if people are going anytime soon you've got to go to the kowloon before it get oh my god before it closes it's I wait think it's gonna close the, i think it's closing this year i haven't been following it as closely as i had been but i think like the, gone completely i there was like i feel like it's been kind of like a fear that people have been like talking about and maybe brought on that like it's closing okay. i have to i have not been keeping up as closely as i would like to but... keeping up with the kowloon <laughs> instead of the kardashians i'm obsessed it i'm I'm sure the building will stay there for a little while. It's like Hilltop Steakhouse across the street that went out. The cows. Remember? The cows, all the cows at the Hilltop. Um, 
<laughs> yes, Kowloon is that and the golden banana are absolute musts for any spooky New England girly. There's exactly there's a there's yeah. a lot to offer and you can think outside of the box and still like <laughs> some things will be haunting in a different way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and you know that haunting is just as valid all haunting is valid <laughs> here in new england that's right <laughs> oh my but god I, yeah i remember in when i was going to college when i was going to montserrat my boyfriend at the time used to go to like this we would go to this like um beautiful spot in magnolia where like the <gasps> the like water and rocks met and we would I know exactly what you're talking about I'm very happy we didn't die because I feel like we could Mm -hmm. have a few times um Mm -hmm. but that's like another like beautiful liminal witchy incredible space to be in so beautiful I've like had the pleasure of going there like in the night like under a full moon and it's just like uh, it's unreal. It truly is. We're so we are so lucky to grow up where we grew up. True. And like I grew up in Western Mass, and I got all of those like experiences later, because mm-hmm. no one, no one ever brought me to Salem. No one ever cared enough to really um, bring me there and fulfill my witch desires. Uh, I understand you were a lot further, but I someone should have been there for you. I think yeah, I think that they they thought they were de- delaying the inevitable. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just like, Ugh. and then like when I was when I had a car and I had friends out that way. Then when I even once I left college and moved back to Western Mass, I would still be like, eh, I'm I have nothing on the books today. I guess I'll just drive to Salem. And Amazing. <laughs> I drive the two hours to Salem just to like walk around and then turn around and go home. But it's perfect. I mean, it's perfect for that because there's enough to do and see and like, and it's also gorgeous that it's like, what's the harm in that? You know, like, exactly. I, I feel like it was, that's perfect. Um, I don't know. We're, we're just very lucky. We're lucky to live. We have lived where we lived. I agree. And that's why, you know, like, you and I were talking about maybe like considering other places and then like for places to buy a house and live and things like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, but if we live anywhere else, we won't have like the three times a year where everybody wants to come stay at our house f- to go to Brimfield. And yeah. we won't be like, you know, a couple hours from Salem to go visit at the, like the beginning of fall and all of that mm-hmm. stuff that I'm like, I need it. <laughs> Seriously. And I actually got to, I, I like had the pleasure of telling pe- a few people recently about Brimfield for their first time, like not even knowing what it is. And I'm like, how do you not know? Like, it's just like, the, I grew up on outdoor. Um, I don't know if you know of Todd, Todd farm in Rowley. It's like, it's um the vendors from North shore that would go to Brimfield, but it's like, they're, they, they like have their prices way lower at a different it's literally right by where i went to high school and i grew up on going there i remember like my parents would bring me there every sunday and it's was my favorite thing to do an outdoor flea like who wouldn't want to do an outdoor flea market and then i learned about brimfield and brimfield is like the mecca of everything that is it's insane it is the best i had like Thinking back on things that I bought and things that I passed up going to Brimfield as like a teenager now, 
because like I was re I was really into like buying 50s stuff when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. Now I have matured and I'm going older and I collect like yes. more specifically Art Deco stuff. And like mm -hmm. that's the style that resonates with me far more. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, all of the insane like 20s and 30s stuff that I just passed up on for years because I didn't like, you know, it was just like old stuff that was like antiques. Like I didn't care about it. And now I'm like, oh, I wish. Mm -hmm. But All right. it like I went, you know, three times a year from the second I got a car. I was there Ugh. multiple, multiple times a week because I was like a town over. Um, right. So it was just like, oh, I was like, well, got, gotta go. It would be stupid if I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I even went, when I lived in New York, we went two times, two or three times back to Massachusetts. It's truly not that far. No, yeah. it's worth the trip if you've got a car and you, but the thing is you need a car. There's no other, <laughs> you can't do Brimfield without one. Basically the entire, um, this podcast interview is just get a car <laughs> for whatever trip you're doing which, have a car <laughs> have a car which i don't have i my massachusetts mm. driver's license expired when i was in new york and i literally still haven't gotten one. Oh my god i love it I, but i this, maybe this is just a psa well that's because you ride a broom exactly i just get it i you know in the desert i just ride a broom yeah. everywhere and get scorched <laughs> by the cactus. sun while i do it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I I love that this is just like a, a like New England tourism podcast and I would I know it truly is I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm I, I feel like I should hit up the tourism board and be like, hey, can you fund my podcast? Uh Honestly, can you let's get, get a sponsor. I know get the I, clam I, box and like Ipswich to sponsor. <laughs> is it Ipswich? <laughs> oh my god. I think so. My mother and sister are on the North Shore. They're like Gloucester kind of area. Oh, are they? Oh, so love. like I still have ties to out there, um, mm -hmm. but I, it's yeah. He, this is the number one New England podcast in mm -hmm. the occult Get circle. Get some clam chowder. Uh huh. <laughs> um, Do some witchcraft and eat some chowder. It's <laughs> it's a great time. I <laughs> I'm I'm happy we've been able to talk about the beauty that is uh, the North Shore and uh, Salem and Massachusetts as a whole. Um, and you were just, we had, have kind of mentioned it before, you were just there uh, last month for an event that um, we had spoken, I had spoken to Hogan about. Uh, mm -hmm. And you had your, uh, it looked to me, triumphant return to the Peabody Essex Museum with your midsummer event. Um, Thank you. Would you would you tell us a little bit about uh, the, the we talked about what it is, but maybe how it went and then tell us about some of the pieces that you created for this one. For sure. Um, so the event was an insane success. I'm like so thankful and grateful all the ways because I have to like just shout out all of the all of the girlies at the PBD Essex Museum because they they're like this incredible team of women who get shit done and like the and are the nicest and then like are just so I don't know like warm and inviting and it, it doesn't feel like you don't feel intimidated but it's a it's a huge it's a, an incredible museum and they have uh, I I feel like 
I almost have, like, I have imposter syndrome anyway. And then like the idea that I'm getting to show things in, in that space and like be completely welcomed and like uplifted and, and whatever, it just, it, it's unimaginable. <laughs> and so the fact that they trust us to come in and like, basically are like, do whatever you want. We know that you guys will, you know, we know what your work is. We know, um, you know, we know what you'll, we're, we have an idea of what you'll do, but here, just do it. And so it's literally a dream come true to be able to work with them. Um, and the pieces that I made this time around, so it was a Midsummer theme. And so I was, um, and I love the movie Midsummer. obviously. We kind of were trying to like marry that with um a Midsummer Night's Dream. I think it's specifically, I love the, um, I think it's a 1930s version. I'm sure you've seen it's like with, um, what is his name as Puck? Mickey Rooney as Puck. Is that correct? I, I can't remember who plays Puck, but I literally was just looking at um, the it's like black and white. The one of the um, like fairies costumes where it was like the insane tinsel, like yes. to the ground yes. hair from that film titanius costume yeah oh my god it's and i i actually look at that costume often to try to figure out because it, it is tinsel yeah like it look looks it has but the way it like the way it, it flows and like the it's insane it's so beautiful and that's why i get so i i like get like so turned on by films like that because the way practical effects had to be done it's so magical and holds up to now where it's not like cgi where you're like oh i could tell it's a computer doing that it's like this, this you're like oh i know it's overlays of like you know fairies on top you know in the sky but it's overlaid in this way that it does we know it's not real but it like looks like art it doesn't look like fake it's not i mean it looks fake but it looks fake in like this paint painterly way rather than a, in a way that is like oh i'm trying to look at this and debunk it kind of a thing. Yeah. It's fake um, in an ethereal and way that exactly. is like, not like it's you don't want to debunk it. Like it, it yeah, just exactly. is fantasy. It's true, true fantasy. Exactly. And that, um, so that film specifically was like a driving force for my portion of the project, as well as like taking elements from Midsummer, And um, then the idea of um some more traditional things i was trying to get input from friends that like do celebrate midsummer in sweden um and i found inspiration from this one song from this one region of sweden that like there was always I, or i might be completely quoting it incorrectly but there was some um magical or like kind of i don't know if it was like negative magical or like whatever sort of connotation with this place but there was a song that went along with this region that um the devil came to town but he uh he was disguised like cloaked and playing the fiddle and all the young people couldn't stop dancing to his his music and um it was later discovered that like his cloven hoof under his cloak and then everyone started dropping dead because they couldn't stop dancing um so that was like part of the inspiration of you know one of the masks but um that coupled with the idea of like the flame for like a bond a midsummer bonfire and, and things like that so we were just kind of trying to be like loose with it um i had fun with the masks i 
feel like they weren't i i was getting like nerve to be honest i was getting nervous with my execution being like am i not doing like enough but it, i think it was because we had already done one before and i stressed myself out so much for that like the first one that this one i was like why is this feeling easier this time but i'm happy with them they look cool they're all Sorry, that was long-winded oh no that's why you're here if if you could make every <laughs> answer concise this would be a 10-minute podcast and that's not what i want <laughs> I I love the images from this and I was, you know, watching everyone's social media that I knew was at that event that night because I was like, oh, I want to see. I want to see what like Fun. I knew that people were going to be posting photos and I was so excited that like Courtney was doing a photo booth and oh. that, like all of like animatronic who I am like, you know, I love her sister witch, like former neighbor, like I love her so much. Anna is so insane good and like kills it without even the first time we did the um the first event we had this like mini little like thread between me her and Hogan about what the vibe was and then barely you know barely intense was said and it was like oh amazing I love it and then it was like just completely it was it's like a perfect combination and just the energy and specific and i have to say specifically for this pride one i just like love um her message and her like just her dj style i don't know she's truly incredible an incredible person so lucky to have that be someone that we get to collaborate with she is one of my like there's three djs in new york that i like will always want to have playing somewhere if i want to dance and it's like Anna, yeah. it's Miss Guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever went to anything that Miss Guy DJed, but perfection. She's like the singer of the Toilet Boys, like wonderful okay. DJ. And then my friend Ren, Pure Vile, like the most I know incredible. That bitch. Oh, yeah, I like know that bitch. Like the best new wave post punk goth night DJ that anybody could uh. ever want. And if my life could be just like going to events that these three people DJed, I think I wouldn't have left New York. Mm -hmm. But Anna okay. is so fantastic. I and in the interview with Hogan, I was like, oh, how did you guys meet Anna? And Hogan was like, oh, she had already done stuff with PBD Essex. And I was like, wait, you guys weren't friends before this? I know. No. And that was the crazy thing is like when we finally met her in person, I was like, are you like, this is insane. It's we're just so lucky that the museum, um, someone that worked at the museum, I think had connections with Anna and had done other events with her. And so that's how the museum had brought her on board for our other event, plus this one, which I think she'd, she'd already done, she'd done Pride with PBD Essex before we were even involved. And so she was like, kind of like a, um, like an anchor. Um, but I'm so happy to know her now. She's incredible. She really is. I just want to like the combination of you guys is fantastic. Oh, thank you. It's truly, it was honestly like it's a dream project to do because you just get to make cool shit and like dance and talk about it. And like, but in like a really light way, like we have to do every time or the two times that we've done something with PBD Essex, we've had to do um, like an artist talk and it's with, um, 
this woman Petra who works at the museum and specifically in like the fashion department and she is just so warm and great and I feel so comfortable talking with her and I mean I'm up there with Hogan and you know we know a lot of the people in the audience but there are people that we don't know but it just feels like I don't feel any pressure to be like something that I'm not or pressure to be like a more professional or something I can just talk and like say what I mean or, or whatever and it's received fine and she enjoyed like she just gives you that sort of energy where you feel like totally comfortable and so it truly is like a dream project and and also to bring Courtney into it this time with the photo booth she like killed it completely and made it this its own little art installation where I I knew she I mean I knew I know what she does and what she can do but I just wasn't you know, when I asked her, I didn't know that, like, she was, like, immediately, like, done, like, at the store the next day gathering materials to create, recreate the May Queen look from the movie. It just was, like, it was really special, the whole thing. I just, I wish we could have it up for longer and have the party last forever. Because <laughs> it's so fun to do. That's really the, the dream. And uh, Hogan was saying that, like, the ideal is that you guys would then get to like take this to other museums and get sure. to show your work to even more more people and i was mm -hmm. after i did the interview with hogan i was in the car with my best friend lauren and she was like i was like do we know anyone at the phoenix art museum who can we pitch this to who can what how can we get these boys out here that would be yeah i would literally love to go anywhere because otherwise i mean we, I, I have these like kind of, um, they're like motorcycle um, helmet hanging things. So all the masks just live all over the walls. So otherwise they just like live on the walls. I'd rather, I mean, it'd be so fun to just like bring like some sort of, a, you know, like some event somewhere, anywhere. Even if it's not, it doesn't have to be exactly the same. We can do mm -hmm. whatever. It'd be so fun. I, I love these like masks that you've been doing and like you know veils and hats and headpieces all like have a place in the occult world and like mm -hmm. how did you get inspired to get this sculptural aspect into your body of work so i i mean it's always been there i've like i i think illustrate everyone um thinks of me as an illustrator because it's like kind of like what I make money doing you know it's like my bread and butter um but my heart lies with like making these paper mache things or whatever or costuming or things like that like I um I sort of didn't even realize that I was like kind of dabbling in drag in a way for a very long time because I love being I love creating a thing that I can be and it took me a really long time to even think of it as like, oh, that's, you know, people do that professionally, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and now that I know that I'm like, oh my God, I need to like, but now I'm, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm like, I'm old and I'm stupid. <laughs> so, I, and I, but you know what I mean? I'm just like, I, I'm just, I'm just nervous. Cause there's so many that. incredibly talented people, but I, I really want to like exhibit that more often um but i think the art of transformation that's like a very witchy thing it's like the the idea of the glamour like um dressing up or like transforming i love transforming like the idea of 
a witch um, being able to transform into like a creature. Like in the in the movie, the witch she becomes a rabbit or she becomes whatever it's or like the, a crow or something. Or um, I love. I mean, I've referenced that sort of magic before that movie came out, but I think that that's a good like reference point to bring up. But um, I just think it's fun, even if it's that's all like folklore. But I and I think like a lot of my my interests have come from folklore and maybe I'm not shying away from it now, but I've just like kind of like expanded on it and just thought of it in more of like a broader sense and like, oh, what if this was like brought into now or like what if this was like I also like feathers and I like stretch about that or I like <laughs> <laughs> I like sequence. So can I just make this this and just be like who who like doesn't have to be this like you know um you know black veiled sort of creature that comes out of the woods that can be like i can be fabulous too and we're like i can wear pleasers and platforms and be outrageous and also still like reference this sort of like kind of magical transformation sort of a thing and so when we're creating any masks or or i'm creating masks for hogan's pieces i mean obviously i'd rather be worried a piece with the masks or like or be you know what i mean like i always think of it in that way but when it comes to construction it's more i think the creativity comes from me having to figure out different elements of things and how it can work and like stay on um a mannequin which i feel like is where the creativity comes out so you have these like striking characters and masks that you made for the event um and you've made for costumes and like the knight and horse costume that you did for Halloween a few years ago was insane. So, like <laughs> you like I did that I I did that horse overnight. That was like an overnight horse. That horse was quick. She was I, maybe a 2-day horse. I would I wonder what a week horse looks like. Like that it was a fantastic. Like thank you. Very very I loved that costume so much <laughs> and like in the in the process of doing these masks and everything like have you had to like learn any new specific skills for these? Um, yeah. They're all they're all so different. That's the other thing is like when I'm asked about a tutorial or something, I can't I don't know. I'm I'm also just a bad teacher and I can't <laughs> I don't like I'm I'm just not interested in doing that because it's like hard for me to even tell anybody because I'm like, well I a lot of the time I'm like sculpting with like paper in a way and then like putting things over the I don't know it just like doesn't make any sense and but yes I do have to learn new skills like my absolute favorite which I don't think a lot of people care for or any like no not that I not that this matters but I wasn't like getting anyone saying that this was their favorite of the night from show but the St. John's wort flower the yellow flower um that one was exciting for me only because all of the stamen were like hand flocked um rubberized wire with like beat I, I like glued these beads on the end and made sure they all had like a little nub coming off and then I had to I had to take them outside of our studio there's like I don't I don't know how many there are but I had to spray paint them yellow and then hand flock each one so it looked like pollen and that was exciting to me because I had tried to make a flower for our last prod our last um pbdsx project and it looked like shit and i was like i have to i'm changing it it can't be a flower because it looks stupid and i refuse to have this 
and then I like re I thought about it again and reworked it in my mind and it came out exactly how I wanted it to. And so I was just like, that was one thing that I was like, Oh, it paid off and it worked and it's okay. And like, I was so excited about it. Cause I, I get like, I like get turned on by texture, different textures. So like, especially when it's like uh mono monochromatic with texture. So like all the kind of like jarring yellows that that had, um with the you know the marabou feather and then the crepe paper and stuff i was just like oh i love that this is all like working in the way that i wanted it to work that saint john's wort one is really beautiful i thank you i i'm so happy you've been doing on your instagram like showing all of the pieces that you guys created for this like one at a time so that they yes. can be like really given the time that they deserve on each each full head-to-toe look and that one especially like as a witch it felt like so striking and that one felt so like magical specifically like to exactly to give a human form to this herb used in like healing and occultism uh, like and has been for centuries and it's uh to actually personify it and give it a full life form uh is right. very like witchy and the kind of the things you've talked about like transformative and it's kind of giving this like spirit of a plant that we talk about in the occult world like a f immensely physical representation so that one i found very absolutely thrilling. oh thank you I, and i all of those sentiments agree with 100 i feel like that one specifically because th the importance of that you know was that was something that i like was super excited to like portray and then have so uh, i don't think we've showed this on instagram but we had little booklets of i drew each look out and then we had like little blurbs of each thing written out or um each mask and gown written out mm -hmm. um for you to like go through and so it was like more explained through that so that's one thing that you're not really getting through seeing the post on instagram where it's like talking more about St. John's War or, um, you know, different connections with um, how we came about the characters for the theme. I, so. and that's a, like, that's a fun little like piece just for the people who do get to be there. That's such a nice, like, for sure. that you haven't posted that because it's special. It's a unique little thing mm -hmm. that like is only for those of you that made it even even though that makes me jealous um but like i said we'll just get well you i can send you one. Oh yes i will. yes i would like that <laughs> yes but also get us get us to arizona bring us yeah. there which sounds like less fun when I'm... i don't know i've never been to arizona i would love to go i was just gonna say it would be like a you know beautiful time to come when it's not this weather because you'd be like if you left Chicago winter to come here and it'd be mm -hmm. 60 degrees and maybe in like a fur sweater set, <laughs> I'd be like, ooh, I'm I actually, sweaty. I love that. No, but I love that. The idea of you in a fur sweater set in 60 degrees. But I do have to say <laughs> one of my early, um, this wasn't like my, fir my first uh, witch shop experiences were obviously in Salem, but um, my friend and I, my friend had a paper route and there was a store in my hometown in Salisbury called Spirit of Sedona. <laughs> and we became friends with the owners and those ladies loved us and gave us i i was gifted like a a crystal wand for christmas one year with like a bunch of like books and things and they had a um 
they had a man who would do spirit drawings come in. He, I don't know where he was from, but I've gotten my spirit drawing drawn. That place was awesome, and I would love to go to Sedona. So I don't know where you are in, like, if Sedona was near you or not, but that'd so be fun. It's <laughs> like Arizona has like a, a like a handful of places that people love to go to. So Phoenix is what you know people are going to fly into for the most part of their coming, and then you can drive again. You got to rent a car. We, the, we tell you gotta everybody. You got to rent a car, though. The <laughs> you got to rent a car. Theme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, then you can drive to Sedona. You can drive to, uh, gosh, what is the, uh, Bisbee, which is like another like cute little like kind of looks like it's stuck in the past town. And they have this um, hotel that you can say that's made up of all like vintage trailers and like. There's a lot of very oh, cool. cute destination type places and Sedona is of course one of them. And it's very funny because I've never been and everyone's like, wait, is that like kind of your thing? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm like a tried and true New England witch, but that doesn't stop me from wanting to go there because it's like very, you know, like earthy, crunchy crystal gals is like the vibe mm. that I've been uh, described, which I'm not against by any means, uh, but it's just not my vibe as much. And I feel like, For sure. you know, when you, uh -huh. pardon me, you know, when you go somewhere and you're like, it's not your vibe and you're trying to be nice, but you're still kind of a bitch. I don't I don't know if you're familiar. <laughs> that's the museum lady coming out. Yes. Oh, I'm that's the, and I feel like I would I would have an accidental like bitchy face on the entire time uh -huh. talking, like listening to these like white ladies talk about crystals. Like, I don't think I totally could. I, I like I'm protecting them. It's very from... like, isn't it like, is it what I imagine is linen and turquoise? Is that is that what I'm? Yes. OK. Yes. Like, uh... yeah. Which you I know... guess it's, a, it's fun as it is being a spectator. But yes. That uh, is that like, and the thing is like, I still want to like, I want to go at some point. Like it's, you know, just one of those things. I, you have, yeah, you have to, it's I'm here, whatever, even if it is funny, even if it's funny, it's fine. If yeah. it's funny, it's fine. You heard it here first folks. If it's funny, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but yes, Arizona is, um, it does have some like fun stuff to offer and you'll find out when we get you here, no matter yes. what it's for, it's for, for it's gonna be a good time. Uh and Honestly. I love the like all the interesting methods you've kind of uh learned and taught yourself to create these pieces because they all look, you know, not to say that you're not like a professional, because you are. This is literally what you do. I'm not. I'm truly but, not, but thank but you. They look so professional. Like the double I incorrectly here i'm amending this from the podcast That's with hogan okay. i called the albino peacock head a double swan head oh a lot of people think it's a swan it's okay it was it's i okay. literally saw the photo a photo of it like the next day and i was like what's wrong with me that's a peacock that is an albino no it's, peacock. i think it's the i think it's the um like the neck like the in the way like there's just the shape of it is very swan like we actually talked about maybe making it a swan but in alchemy, it made more sense to be a peacock, obviously. For again, that was like another like little blurb that we had at the museum. But in alchemy, there was this um, point in the um, in the change of 
the experiment or I don't know what you want to call it, like the liquid that would look like a peacock, but uh, a blue peacock, like it was sort of like it would change color and things. So mm -hmm. the um, the symbolism for it was like a peacock in a jar. And so that's why I made it a peacock. But we I, we talked about it being like, oh, it would be so pretty as a swan. And people call it a swan all the time. I don't, that's okay. Well, maybe it's okay it against to you. you. I was like, maybe it's okay with you, but it's not to me. I had to... It was literally like the next day I saw it and I was again and I was oh. like, like, what's wrong with you? You've oh, seen an animal. Before. I can't believe you fucked that up. <laughs> I know it's as totally a fan fun. of yours. That one was fun, though. It's really. Damn, I guess you can't really say that anymore, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Stripped of Just my joking. title so quickly. How, <laughs> how fast we fall, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I now I've like I said it before you did. Because I know it's just been on your mind. You've just been, I could see the 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 rage behind your eyes this entire interview. I, uh, you know, I've been wanting to shut the whole, whole thing down, but I was, I was hoping that you'd bring it up so we could just hash this out real housewife style. Mm -hmm. um, and I throw a drink in your face. No, um, well. that one was such a fun one to do though. I love like that headpiece was actually, um, I used some methods from that I learned in my stop motion animation class, like one of the actually not really the class, what I learned from YouTube because my teacher didn't teach me. Anything. Um, so I was excited about making that one because it was it was a lot of like um, I used like aluminum wire and upholstery foam and then covered the foam and feathers. And so like the, you know, the faces or the, the bird heads are posable so you can move them around. Oh. Um, so that was that was just super exciting for me because that was like something that I hadn't gotten to do since college. And I when I figured out that that was like the best way to do it, I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited to like, you know, carve some foam out, even though it hurt my hand to do so. But um, <laughs> it was and it came out like kind of the way I wanted it to. So it was it was a win in that way. But um, again, like down to the wire, last minute thing. That was the last mask that I finished because I had to put. You know that it i had to fit it to the mannequin head at the pbd essex museum because they have these like gorgeous italian mannequins that, that, that are like priceless probably and i'm like i have to i have to like spray glue feathers all over this right now and they're like it's <laughs> fine just do it and i was like okay <laughs> um so a lot of that was like when it came apart it um some of it was damaged because you really have to like fit it to the piece and then finish it off once it's on there but um it was still fun and i like that like kind of like last minute sort of um you know that was that piece specifically was like my last minute thing where like we're rolling mannequins out into the you know main room while the flowers are being made and stuff and i'm still finishing one part of it it felt like very fashion show like you have to get it done at this you know <laughs> this amount of time kind of a thing Oh, I love that. And that one, when I saw that one, I was, I don't even think I was engaged yet. And I was like, that's my fantasy wedding outfit was like that head to toe yes. look was like, if I oh. was a rich person having a million dollar wedding and wearing white and like, that's, it, that's exactly what it would have to look like because mm -hmm. it would have to be that level of fantasy. Oh my God. I agree. And the other part of that look that I was excited about was it wasn't just like the idea of the peacock in alchemy, 
I was like pulling from, which I, I love the idea of the seer in general. That's like a theme that I've always, I've worked with in the past. And so like to have no, you know, the, the human form not having eyes, but seeing through the eyes of the peacocks like was exciting. And I thought translated correctly to me anyway, like when I, when I finished it and I was just excited about it, like working out the way I wanted it to. But yes, it would be such a, an insane, gorgeous wedding look. That dress too, I hope someone wears it soon because his dress is insane. I, yeah, I, the, the pairing of the two of you is, is just really so, so fantastic because you have obviously so many, like you're on the same wavelength when it comes to something, at least from the outside, you guys are very much on like wavelengths that mesh together so well, even in doing two very different things. And I feel like that would be so hard to find that rhythm and it looks effortless as an outsider. Well, thank you. Cause I feel like it is, I mean, I can't say that it's hard. I don't, I, I mean, I'm probably just used to it, but I am, I'm a lot more like maximalist in the way that I think of like how, how I make things personally. Um, and he's obviously way more minimalist, <laughs> but we pull from each other in the right ways now. And I think it's just from like, you know, being together for however eight years. Um, but he, he teach, he teaches me how to like edit things and I teach him how to like go further with things, which I think is like really cool because, um, I, I like, I, I gild the lily all the time, which I still, I, not that I think that that's a problem, and I don't think him being a minimalist is a problem. I love, because I still like really do appreciate being pulled back in a way. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's like something to be said about that. Because uh, now I look at th some things that I liked a long time ago, and I'm like, oh, I, I do see how that could be too much. And like, if you look at it, it, you know, if you removed this element, it would be stronger because it's like letting something else stand, you know, on its own more. Um, and so I, I do really like how both of our works evolved in that way. We're really lucky that it's it hasn't caused a lot of fights. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been totally fine. And like it's it's really cool that we've been able to like kind of find that rhythm. And even when we pair things together, I was saying at the museum that like up until maybe the last week before we went, we didn't really know what was going with what. It was kind of like what shapes make sense with, like the moth specifically, I was so excited to see that skirt, that goddamn skirt is so beautiful, the like big hips. And mm -hmm. I was like, that just gives me moth wings or like that kind of body of a moth that's like furry and like bulbous and there was like the big bulbous skirt with a tiny crop top. And I was like, well, that has to be the, both said like that has to be the moth or like, the flower where it's like angular and giving like feeling like a um you know a stem of a flower just everything all the shapes ended up like falling into place as we went and so it's cool to see it in that way and i wish that that could be part of the experience for the viewer too because that's something that you don't feel as a viewer i think because you're not there to like experience how it all kind of like the puzzle pieces fit together and i mm -hmm. think that that's a really like exciting element to it too yeah i i'm i really love that you guys are doing this like pairing and i hope it continues to like be how you 
you know, bring your work to the public because we we deserve it. We deserve to see the beauty that comes from the two of you. And I yes, dem- you do. <laughs> I demand it. I demand it continue. You demand it. <laughs> I agree. I would love I mean I love to do it. It's like but the, before doing the first one I was, you know, only making things for me and so I'm like I either give myself a lot of time or I have a, like a a hard deadline and end up making something, you know, a week before the deadline is and um so being able to like learn time management with something, you know, a big project like this was crazy um mm-hmm. but also fun and so now that i have it i'm like well let's just keep doing it because it's cool to you know make little installations yeah and you really create such distinct characters in this realm and like i didn't you had brought i had asked earlier if uh the toad or anybody had made it in and for some reason i didn't connect the toad from the alchemical show to Mm -hmm. the same toad illustration so this next question that i had written Mm -hmm. down i'm like oh my god what i sound like a fool uh because i i I just i like so your characters you create in your dragon in your illustrations Mm -hmm. uh with the headpieces you make and the headpieces that you make with hogan is there any crossover between the two is there reoccurring characters that come from like both realms of the artwork that you produce no that's a really good question because i think that this is sort of also been the first time um i i stopped really drawing a lot of human figures but um i'm making more human humanoid masks um and that character is someone that i've had with me since i mean forever but like college was like when i kind of like really developed it but it's this like you know, obviously a big cheekboned bitch, <laughs> gap tooth. <laughs> even even my, if you look at my frog drawings that I, just the drawings that I post, they all have gap teeth. Like I, I have this like specific character that I've always worked with, no matter what where I am in my art that like um, follows me. And I, I, I just think like, or even, you know, like my moon or sun faces all have like that same sort of like high cheekbone, like late kind of like bedroom eyes. <laughs> whatever and so it's been fun to bring that into like real life because that's what i want to look like in drag but i don't look like that in real life i have a round nose i don't have like this gorgeous pointed i want like sharp features that i'll i'll never own unless i buy them (laughs) and so i just uh being able to sculpt them for masks is really fun and um i think a lot of it i like i said earlier a lot of what i'm making for these is like how I want to look or something. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like getting excited about making the faces and like seeing be like, I think the most exciting part is like putting the eyes and the teeth in. Cause then you see it kind of coming to life. And you're like, Oh yes, yes, yes. Here it is. Like they're like, they look wet. And so I don't know, <laughs> I get like super excited over like the little details like that. That's really, I didn't, I didn't really realize I guess I've seen the drag that you do and I, I am like very obsessed with it. I feel like if we were existing in the same place, I would be urging us both to be doing drag in person a lot. Uh, Uh, Absolutely. And I just have to also say that my makeup skills are so horrible. And like, I look, I I need, that's like one thing that I'm like, I, I'm like trying my hardest to work on because I don't want to look, I don't want to look boo boo. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and, and like, if I can like even give like, 
a one tenth of like my idea of the face like that I draw to, on my face that would be enough for me. So well, sorry I cut you off. No, saying. because now like you obviously are talented in the realm of sculpting. I feel like you need to now pick up another skill and have like sculpt the prosthetics for your drag mm -hmm. face to build these like cheekbones and nose of this character that is following you um, to for become sure. her because that is I feel like the logical next step is that your drag is like heavily prosthetic based it, yeah I agree it could be that's I mean <laughs> I've, I've gone out as like a pop like kind of like a frog puppet I can like you know, I have like one mask that I can move the mouth of. So if I could, that's the other thing is like the idea of transforming from, from the bitch to the frog. <laughs> I, and you know. you know, I do the opposite. It's like, I put on my like glamour, glamour outfit that would be considered a humanoid of sorts uh, mm. when I go out into the world. But then I turn into like the, the like creature when I get back home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do the I reverse of what witches would do in folklore normally. And That's okay. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't want it any other way, truly. Mm -hmm. uh, now you've talked to, you've said a few different things about these like characters and illustrations and uh, I'm curious, have you ever thought about any of them being uh, spirit-led in any way? Uh, because how you speak uh, of them, especially the, like, goat character and these ethereal mm -hmm. women and these, to mm -hmm. like, these themes that seem very um, deep in your mind, have you ever thought mm -hmm. that they are, like, actual spirits that kind of exist in your realm and influence? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think so. Like I said before, like I, I think that when I'm trying to exude a certain mood for myself or like, I, I feel like maybe when I'm posting a drawing that's like, you know, being sassy and, and lighthearted or quippy, like funny, whatever, that's like, maybe I'm not feeling that at that moment and I'm like trying to get myself to. So it's like these, that's like the kind of like that I can communicate through this character like who i need to be sort of which i also think is sort of magic to me and like mm -hmm. the way that you like um you're manifesting that sort of feeling um but yeah i think i i think it's like an ongoing process and like i i just think it's the way that i find like i find comfort through it so yeah i would say that it's spiritual in that way i love the um these reoccurring characters because i feel like you tell such such uh stories through them that they have they all have backgrounds if, like if you've seen yeah. like multiple of them and you connect that they are these like reoccurring characters you've uh created such a interesting kind of like non-storyline storyline for all of them and it's, it's it's very very fun and i think that you have a very great handle on like creating campy pieces that still like resonate as like magical and fun and cute and cunty and like you you put in it's there's so many facets to these uh these characters of yours that well thank you yeah i like i hope i mean that's like i i um that and that's the other thing is like i'm not really great with like writing a narrative out but then sometimes i think it was when i started drawing my babushka toad um that is like sort of when i started like getting more comfortable with it because i did like to tell a story through like 
one bit, you know, one illustration, which was more about like, okay, I am communicating a mood and this is the mood that I want to like portray. And then with Babushka Toad, I kind of got like more loose with it and was like writing captions about her relationship with like her pet snail and things like that. And then I started like getting more into that. And then kind of, I feel like then the narrative shifted with my newer drawings where it's like, I know that there's a lot of like words that go with them, but like you kind of get more of an attitude rather than just like a mood, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Well, I guess an attitude is, an, I don't know, whatever, but like more um, kind of overtly showing that. So it's been fun in that way. I want to, I'm going to start wrapping things up because I've taken a bunch of your time, but I did want to no, bring no, up um, Burial Grounds, which is the yeah. only thing I've realized I like did not bring it up at all throughout everything. And um, all of the jewelry pieces of that come into the realm of burial grounds are so beautiful. And that's part of what like Thank occupies you. your time in October in mm -hmm. Salem, I realize. Um, so I'd love to hear about how burial grounds kind of came to be and what your process on like how you and Jamie do it. Oh, so Jamie and I, so Jamie Morris and I are like best friends of, I think we, we were say, did she say we had, we had talked about this at the PBS Museum. I think it's been like 15 years now or maybe even more. I don't, I can't remember, but um, we started this jewelry company a long, long time ago. <laughs> I'll say um, when I was in, I was still in school and I was taking a jewelry making class, but we would, we love to like walk in nature. And so our favorite places around New England, we would, you know, walk in and I was, we would both like collect twigs or anything that like kind of looked interesting to us. And then I learned that you could, um, you could cast it in different metals. Um, and so I was sculpting a lot of things and casting it in metals. And so that's kind of how the brand started. And she actually, she basically does everything for it now, which is incredible and insane, but it has evolved, um, from making this jewelry out of these natural, um, things to her making these incredible dried flower arrangements um and she also works for a florist now so she also works in like live flowers but, but um her flower arranging is like insanely beautiful and like also old new england in its own way which i think we just like both inherently possess that sort of energy with whatever we're doing um so it's it, it's incredible to see that kind of like come out of her from you know not nowhere because we've always loved dried flowers but she just like developed that and it was it's really really gorgeous and so we've been working with that for um a long time too and her and the uh the flower company that she works with did all the do all the flowers for the pbd essex museum exhibits um and they do an incredible job like kind of creating these like new englandy looking i want it to look like a new england field or something and they just i i don't even have to explain it to james she just like can do it without i'm just like these colors i know i like i don't have to like talk to you about what it needs to like look like i know you know what i mean <laughs> so we're just like we work like that like completely in sync all the time which is hard to find and lucky when you do have it and also to be like you know she's a person i text every single day we're best friends it's like and it's we're very fortunate to have each other so 
I love answer. that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I yeah, I love that. I had, I'm like, did I answer? No. But, I, um, yeah, yeah, I just love um, the pieces that you guys have designed and yeah. the addition of the dried flower bouquets and things like that that uh, Jamie's been doing are. It is really such unreal. a New England, like it, you know, New, New England tourism board, like come, like give us money for this honestly, podcast because honestly, it really does capture have, something specific. And I have to say too, like seeing some of the things she makes in person, it's, it's hard when you, I mean, they're beautiful on Instagram. Like when, you know, we're coming up or she's coming up with a new collection of them on burial ground like these, you know, she'll do like a collection of 12 bouquets or something. When you see them in person, there's like all of this textural textural elements that you like wouldn't really notice unless you're like truly looking up close to it. That it's just like, it's really beautiful. And like, unlike anything I've ever experienced and she has been doing weddings and things like that. And it's like, it's unreal what comes out of it. And so it's, and I, and she's had me help her before. And I just feel like insane because I am, so embarrassed to be like <laughs> trying to do it and she can like make something that crazy and i'm like well well is this okay <laughs> that was very sweet to me but um she definitely has the eye for that it's it's amazing so well i'm really um jealous of P you always end up in salem for the october season of whether you like it or not, it seems like you're there. <laughs> I was just like, uh -huh. <laughs> I will be there. I will be always there. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's great. It's fun. It's just a, it's it's just stressful now, but it's yeah. okay. I like it. It's fun. I mean, who wouldn't want to be like walking down the street to go get breakfast and you pass Frankenstein? That's like it's like Halloween Town. <laughs> whatever. It's it's fun. I yeah. I'm you know that's. That's where we'll see each other again next is, you know, we'll reunite in the Witch City. Uh, we have to. We will. And I'm very excited to do it. I'm so thankful that you took some time out of your day to hang out with me and chat about all of this stuff and the wonders of New England and car rentals. Oh. <laughs> Everybody, rent a car. <laughs> No, um, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun and always a pleasure to talk to you. You're the best. Oh, no, you are. Before we sign off, give everybody the places they can find you on the internet. Oh, um, you can find me on Instagram at Bill Safi, which is sounds like a safari or something, but it's that's that. Or my website is um, BillCrasafi.com, and then I'm Bill. I don't know what I, I think I'm Bill Krasafi on TikTok, but I don't ever use it. I need to start using it. If anyone wants to help me with TikTok, come help me and rent a car. <laughs> Same. Rent a car to go help. Yeah. Go help Bill yes. and then get in that yes. rental car and come help me with it too. Yes. We'll have like a big seminar or something. Someone can we teach us. Because, you know, the entirety of Witch Talk needs to be deleted and overhauled as just, like, fantasy, oh God, like, yes. fun things mm -hmm. like this. Uh, uh -huh. and, and way, way, way less serious and dramatic. Uh, so I think that, you know, maybe we, we can be the change uh, we all need in the world. That we wish to see, yeah. Yeah, we can make <laughs> Witch Talk better. Um, I love it. But with that, we will sign off. Thank you again to Bill Krasafi for being here on Our Idle Hands. 
Uh, thank you everybody for listening this week. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at severelymame if you don't already. And if you want to join the Vintage Stitch Witch Coven, you can go over to patreon.com slash severelymame and join in on some of the fun there. Thank you all so much for listening. And uh, don't forget, if you know anyone at the New England Tourism Board, to let them know that they should sponsor this podcast. And happy stitching!